very loud. Uh, so the pressure's on this morning because um, I've set the challenge for the Gap Year's team to do talks tomorrow. And somehow I've ended up doing talk the day before. Um, so I feel like they've got their notebooks out. They're going to critique me on my talk. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, please come tomorrow. It's going to be really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be looking at Psalm 46 this morning. Um, so if you've got a Bible with you, then please turn to it or your phone. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to read it all the way through as we start. So it should be on the screen as well. Um, if you're on your phone, I'm reading from the NIV version, um, just to help. No comments, please, about that. Okay, so let's, have a, let's go from verse 1. <clears throat> God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its raw waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So that's the psalm. So God's been speaking to me a lot lately about how I trust him. And there have been times when I've said, I trust you, God. But really, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to work out the solution. I'm trying to control the situation. I'm fearful. I'm worried. I'm thinking of all the what-ifs and the consequences. Anyone else? So why do I say that I trust God, but sometimes I don't actually believe it in my heart? Well, I think it's because I need to be reminded of who God is. God is so gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. And it says that in the Bible, so we know it's true. And he's not got cross with me when I've said, I trust you, God, and then I've carried on worrying about it. And um, instead, he's gently whispered in my ear, trust me. And it always makes me stop and realize what I'm doing. One such occasion was a couple of weeks ago. I was worrying about something, and I prayed about it. I'd given it to God, and then I'd carried on worrying about it. And God whispered in my ear, trust me. And then I opened up the Bible app on my phone, just felt led to do that. And the verse, be still and know that I'm God, was the verse of the day. And so I thought, do you know what, I'm going to just read the whole psalm. Um, and then it just made me kind of delve deeper into the meaning. And I just thought, this, I think this is what God wants me to talk about. So are you okay if I share with you what I found out in Psalm 46? Good. Okay, that's good. So let's have some context for this psalm. So this is one of 11 psalms written by the sons of Korah. Um, and they are people that served in the temple, led a lot of worship. There's quite a long backstory to the sons of Korah that I'm not going to go into today. Um, but ask Ken. I'm just going to throw that out there. He knows all the answers, um, if you want to know more. Or Google it, like I did. Um, also, this psalm would have been sung as a whole congregation. 
And um, so it's a corporate psalm. It's one they would have sung all together. And it's suggested that Psalms 46, 47, and 48 were reenacted every year as like a drama, a festival that they had at a temple. And it's celebrating God's reign and authority over the earth. So those three psalms have all of that theme. We're only going to go through one today, so you'll be thankful for that. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through each verse and have a look at it in in the context. So the first one, verse 1, good to got the PowerPoint up. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. There's no messing about here. We're straight in with a fact, aren't we? God is our refuge and strength. And there are some psalms where you have a bit of poetry at the beginning, or it might be a bit of a lament. It might be, help me, God. But this is straight in, isn't it? God is our refuge and strength. And the key thing here is it's God. It's not God and me. It's not God and lots of money and my refuge and strength. It's not God and a massive army and my refuge and strength. It's God. God alone is our refuge and strength. So what's a refuge? Well, a refuge is a place of of shelter and of safety. And I really like this picture that somebody uh, caught of this this lighthouse keeper. And I read a little story about it. Apparently, they came out just at that moment as the wave hit to see. I think something had had broken, so they came out to see what had happened. And they caught that picture at that very moment. But what a powerful image. God is our refuge, our place of safety. And I think I find safety um, in controlling things or managing things. And, um, And I wonder if other people might agree with me on that. Um, not me, you, that's what I mean. <laughs> so I guess what does it look like to see God as our refuge? Maybe something to think about. And it says that God is our refuge and our strength. Strength is might, it's power. And when we're weak, he is strong. And so there's, there's such strength, isn't there, in God? And, that, and you look at this, this picture, refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. And then the second half of the verse, an ever-present help in trouble. And I don't know about you, but when I read verses in the Bible, sometimes I just kind of read it and I think, oh, that's great. But in this verse, I got stuck on ever-present. He's an ever-present help in trouble. We can sometimes miss that. We can sometimes miss the verses that we read. He's an ever-present. He's always there. He's not going to go anywhere. Okay, verses two and three. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So why are we not going to fear? Because of verse one, because God is our refuge and strength and he's always there with us. And what's interesting about this verse is they've listed some really terrifying Big kind of natural disasters, mountains falling into the heart of the sea, waters roaring and foaming and mountains quaking, um, which makes, makes me feel quite scared. But that's the point, is that actually God is there even in those massive, great, big, scary moments. And he's there when we have difficult moments too. He's there in every kind of trouble. And we don't need to fear because he is our refuge and our strength. We can trust in God because he is in control. And it made me think of something called Project Pearl, which some of you may have heard of. So Project Pearl was a code name for something that happened in the 80s, where a team of people smuggled a million Bibles into China in one night. 
And it's a really incredible story. There's a book called Project Pearl, um, which I'd really recommend reading, and it's the story of what happened. And um, so what they had to do is they had to, to wrap, you can just see the picture at the top, they had to wrap all the Bibles in, um, in waterproof wrapping. So there's um, a bit of the chapter of, of the book talks about how um, they had to check that they could waterproof all the Bibles. So they had to make sure they wrapped everything properly. Um, and they had to wrap them in, in kind of cases. I can't remember how big they were. Um, and they did it by boat and so what happened was the boat came in um, at night in, onto a beach and there were thousands of Chinese Christians waiting kind of in the bushes around the beach um, and within two hours all of the Bibles had gone and it was an incredible story but what I wanted to talk about was what happened next because they had to get back out of this bay and it was around where the, the Chinese Navy were um, but what happened was a storm came up and so they escaped through this storm. And it was too choppy and too scary for the Chinese Navy to come out. And so they managed to slip through. And they had a horrible journey back because of this storm. But they didn't fear because they knew that God was with them. So if you want to know more, definitely recommend reading that story. Okay, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. So what's interesting here is um, there's no river in Jerusalem. So this was talking about Jerusalem because that's where the temple was. Um, but there was no river there, which I didn't know. There were some streams. But the river symbolizes God's love and his grace, his refreshing, his blessing. And what's also interesting is right at the beginning of the Bible, there's a river in the Garden of Eden. And right at the end of the Bible, there's a river of life in Revelation. And the river is such a, um, an evocative image, isn't it, of God, his, his love and his rich blessing that flows. And I think we've had a few rivers this morning, haven't we, as we've walked in. Um, and, uh, and actually, we had a word this morning about it being God's blessing um, coming on the church. And what happens is the river flows from God to his people. And we're living um, in a, you know, a bit later on than this psalm was written where Jesus came. And so we've got John that says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We've got the Holy Spirit within us, which pours out rivers of living water. And just before this, Jesus says, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. You will have streams of living water. So that's an incredible image, isn't it? That there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Okay, verse 5. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. So um, I used to live, uh, before we got married, I lived in a place called uh, Wokingham Without. Um, there should be a picture coming up in a minute. There we go. Um, and uh, I had never heard this phrase before. I thought, what a weird road sign. But I used to drive past this when I'd come um, home or go to church. And uh, it's, it's an old way of saying on the outskirts of. So it's on the outskirts of Wokingham. But I found it really funny that, we, uh, that I lived in Wokingham without. And it was often, I'd say, it's Wokingham without phone reception. Because um, there was no phone reception. I used to have to leave my phone on the windowsill. Didn't I, Pete? Um, he, I'd have to kind of like, he'd have to text me and have to kind of stand over on the windowsill to check what he'd said. Um, I even had a landline. That's how bad it was. Um, or Wokingham without a good bus route. That was another one. Uh, working without dominoes. That was sad. Um, <laughs> what a sacrifice. But what's key here is that um, 
God is within. That's what it says in this verse. God is within her, not without. And do we forget this? Do we forget that God is within us? And then the next bit of the verse says, God will help her at break of day. And the break of day, the dawn was often when attacks would happen on a city. And so that's God saying, I'm there, I'm right with you in that moment. I'm right with you, even at the break of day, when something might happen. I'm there with you, within you. He comes to us. We don't need to go to him. He comes to us, within us. He's within us so that we're not without. Within, not without. Okay, verse 6. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. I love this verse. The earth melts at his voice. Just the voice of God has an impact. He spoke the earth into being. Right in Genesis, if you read Genesis, it's all about he spoke the earth. He said this and that and this and that. And it all came into being. Just his voice has an impact. The earth melts. Okay, verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, this verse is actually repeated at the end of the psalm. And so when things are repeated in the Bible, we really, really need to take notice of it. It's in there twice. So we need to make doubly sure that we know the verse. The Lord is, Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And what's interesting here is that in the rest of the, the psalm that we've just read, it talks about God. But then here it says, the Lord Almighty. So why is that different? Well, in some versions, it says the Lord of hosts, the commander of heavenly armies. We're in a spiritual battle, aren't we? And so it's talking about how God, he commands the supernatural and the natural. He's the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. We had an interesting situation a few weeks ago at Christian Union. We run a Christian Union in, um, in Bishops, I just suddenly forgot where it was, Bishops School. And we go in every Friday and um, we eat a lot of biscuits, don't we? Um, and we, just, we only have half an hour with them. That's how long their lunch break is. But we do have a group that are coming. And it's really exciting to see how God is moving. And so a few weeks ago, we decided that we were going to pray together and get the, the young people to pray for each other. And it, we've not done that before. And so as we were starting to, to get them to, into pairs, there was a pupil outside the classroom who was screaming and looking through the window and screaming at us. And it was really strange, wasn't it? It was a really weird situation. And, and I just really felt that there was a sense of disruption. They were trying to put us off from what we were doing. But we kept going, and eventually they kind of walked off. But it was afterwards I thought, I think that was because we were praying. I think that's because we were doing something that the enemy didn't like, that he sent a distraction. But in that moment, we remember that God is the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of the natural and the supernatural. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. What's a fortress? Well, it's a place of safety, but it's different from a refuge. A refuge is a place of kind of, of feeling at home and feeling kind of covered. But a fortress, there's a defense, isn't there? There's a defensive wall or a moat. And there are people who, who look out for you. There's a defense there. And so that's what God's saying, that he is a safety and a defense. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
another story for you. Um, I like stories. It makes me listen to people's talks. Um, so <laughs> uh, when um, a few years ago, I, I would take young people's soul survivor to a, a camp in the summer. And um, I did it for many, many years. And um, there was one year that I was staying on an extra week and sending the young people back with another couple um, because we had another conference that we were staying for. And so this couple came um, on the last night and we managed to bundle all of the young people into the minibus eventually after everyone had gone to the toilet and everyone had you know, found their shoes and all that kind of stuff. Got them onto the minibus. It was really late and the weather was awful. Um, and so we quickly prayed and said, God protect them as they go home. Um, and then uh, we had to do that thing. We had, to, we had to wait up for the text. And I was so tired. And, um, and so we were lying in, I remember we were lying in our tent. There's the three of us leaders lying in the tent, desperately trying to stay awake, waiting for this text to come through. And at midnight, we got the text and we all went, great, and just fell asleep. Um, what we didn't know till the next morning was that they'd had a really difficult journey home. Um, and there was one moment where they were driving along this really wet and um, kind of, it was a motorway, there was a lot of spray, and there was a lorry that was next to them. And then they said, and then suddenly it was on the other side. And it, it, they said, there must, it must have passed through us. It's the only way to describe it, because there's no, we would have had an accident. So they couldn't explain it. And there was that real sense that God had protected them on their way home. So never underestimate what you pray. Never underestimate where you pray. And praying for protection is really key. The Lord Almighty is with us. Okay, verses 8 and 9. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Come and see. It's an invitation, isn't it? Come and see. Maybe there are people that had doubts. Paul Leone's getting embarrassed this morning. Um, maybe there are people who have doubts about who God is. It's come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done. Testimony is so powerful, isn't it? Someone's story is so powerful. Well, we've been in school this week in the grammar school, and we've been sharing um, some different testimonies of people. So some pictures from our lesson and um, we are actually, there are some peoples there, before you wonder. Um, so we were, we were doing this lesson, and it's all about how we live out our faith. And we were sharing some testimonies for some different people. So there's a testimony from um, the, the guy that, that started CAP, Christians Against Poverty. His testimony is really powerful. There was a testimony of a healing that happened in um, Mission Week last year. Um, and we've been, we've been able to say, come and see, come and see what God does. And we've invited them to come and see. And we're in again on Tuesday um, this week talking about persecution and reconciliation. So it's going to be a really interesting lesson. So please, can I ask you to pray for the schools team? Um, but there's that real invitation. So come and see what God has done. And all through the Bible, there's so many things that God has done, isn't there? There's so many. We've all got our favorite stories of what God has done. Come and see. And there's a, a commentary that I was reading about this psalm, and it said that it's split into two, um, two sections. There's faith, and then there's fact. So the faith is verses 1 to 7, and the fact is verses 8 to 11. And I loved that, faith and fact. So we've had the faith, but what about the fact? Well, the fact is that God has done some amazing things. Come and see his works. Verse 10 the one that a lot of people know, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. 
This is the only time in the psalm that God speaks. It's God saying this, be still and know that I am God. And there's a double meaning here as well. So often when I read that verse, I think of it as an instruction for me to be still and know that he is God. And it does mean that. But also, it's God saying it to the nations. And it's God saying it to the spiritual realm. And I don't know if we've got the slide for this one. But in Hebrew, it's enough. Enough. That's what God says. I am God. Know that I am God. Enough. Do you know that he is God? Okay, then finally, verse 11 is a reminder that God is with us. He'll never leave us. We can trust in his sure and steadfast love and parents. That repeated verse, the Lord Almighty is our fortress. Uh, The Lord Almighty is with us, sorry, the God of Jacob is our fortress. So all of this is very well. We've gone through the psalm, we've had a look at it. But how do we do this? How do we trust God and not keep worrying about it? How do we really put our trust in God? Well, Romans 12 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And sometimes we have to do this daily. I know that I do. And so when I worry, I have to think, no, you know, I'm going to trust God on this one. Martin Luther famously wrote a hymn based on Psalm 46 called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Um, I wasn't going to get Martin to play it because I don't think I even know it, but it's a very old hymn. Um, But it said that whenever he heard discouraging news or whenever he faced a challenge, he would say, come, let us sing Psalm 46. And that was his response. We're going to remind ourselves of who God is and what he does on our behalf. And that we can trust him because he's the Lord Almighty. So just close your eyes for a moment. What is God asking you to trust him with? What is God asking you to trust him with? I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you that you are God. I thank you that you're God of the natural and the supernatural. And I thank you that we can trust you with everything. And that we don't need to fear, even if the world collapses, even if mountains fall into the heart of the sea, we don't need to fear because you are with us. And Lord, we thank you for that promise and for that reminder this morning that you are with us. You're not there cheering us on from the sidelines you're with us you're in us you're within us and Lord I want to pray for what everybody's got in their mind right now about what you're asking them to trust you with and help them Lord help us to trust you and if there's something that you you want someone to stand in prayer with you on then I'm going to be at the front. There'll be a few other people that will come forward as well. Come and get some prayer or grab the person next to you and just say, pray with me. Because this is what church is about. It's about standing together. And let's remember, if we pray for someone, we're going to keep praying for them, aren't we, through the week. Amen.